0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. Very excited to have the one and only Miss Peppermint with us on this episode. You might know her from RuPaul's Drag Race. You might have seen her on Broadway in Head Over Heels. And you will definitely be hearing her on her upcoming album, A Girl Like Me, Letters to My Lovers. Oh, she is just the absolute sweetest, smartest, most beautiful uh, human being. And we talk about everything. We talk about what it was like behind the scenes at RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, how a, a major relationship and breakup inspired her upcoming album, and she gives some really wonderful advice and thoughts about how to approach the upcoming election, which is very important. So please enjoy this wonderful episode of Not Too Deep with Miss Peppermint. Yeah. miss peppermint I am so excited to have you and to talk to you about all of um the exciting things happening for you in the the strangest of times but first of all thank <laughs> you so much for being here
1: hello it's so good to be with you it's um, been a whole year
0: <laughs> I know we got to chat for this series called ladies first that was for Facebook and it was really really wonderful and you were such a champion for coming like from a plane to set doing the whole thing like I was just so I think myself and everyone on that crew just watched in awe of you the entire time we're like this is a professional she is lovely <laughs> and she is so oh so great so thanks for coming back and chatting
1: um, yes mama
0: now you're up to a billion things uh I I have to uh, we're, we're going to get into the music, into all of that. But let's first start with, let's start with Drag Race. Let's start with um, all of the conversations that I'm sure you've had 12,000 times about 12,000 things. But uh, <laughs> season nine, I want to know, um, I want to know what, how do you describe, if you remember, your audition tape for season nine?
1: Oh, it was, <laughs> um, I mean, I've done three of them because okay. I auditioned for season six, seven what well, seven eight, and nine okay, and um, and they were they were all kind of the same, um but they were they were agonizing because i remember um I mean, I, I haven't even looked at them since then. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But I mean, I was full of energy because I was excited and trying to like really turn it on for the camera. Uh, yeah. But I just remember like being like, oh, this is miserable. Like, I don't, I, it was like the last thing in the world I wanted to do. Sure. Um, and I just was not, I think I was all the way over it in the last <laughs> one. Really I was like, I don't give a hell whether I get on the show or not. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna do it and maybe I will, maybe I won't. And that's the one that they pick.
0: That's the energy. Yeah. As soon as you have that energy if you don't need them, they need you. Yeah. Then you you get it. Now, uh, I was just talking with Evie oddly the other week, uh, -hmm. who was a guest and she was telling us about the BTS of of the the production side of things and how she was in her hotel room watched a lot of Naked and Afraid. Uh and that might have kind of helped give her some confidence going into the competition. Do (laughs) you lucky Yeah, what was your behind the scenes like? Was there something, like, I know you can only prep so much to be on the show and then you get there and you see how it all is made. And so what was maybe the most surprising thing to you about the production side of it?
1: Um, It was, the surprising thing to me was the fact that, which I'm sure you may have heard this talking to any of the Drag Race girls, um, that we can't talk to each other. Right. Um, that's the biggest surprise, I'm sure, you know, like, it's, everything else kind of makes sense, but it really doesn't make sense until, especially being a fan of the show and watching the show, yeah. you don't pick up on the stuff that happens behind the scenes, and so that uh, that's probably the biggest was the biggest surprise to me is the fact that they didn't want us to talk to each other. They worked very hard to make sure that we weren't communicating with each other. Wow! Um, and so that was interesting. And for hours, we um, don't have. We didn't our season. We didn't have. I don't know what Evie Ali had. We did not have the ability to watch what we wanted. I'm not sure if Evie was just wow. watching cable TV. We did yeah. have television. We had cable TV. But there really wasn't a lot of like watching going on because we w- woke up at like 6 a.m. Yeah. Went to set, got home at like 12 w- or 1 a.m. Wow. Most nights. Wow. And then we had to be up at 6 a.m. And again, like it was like a six to seven hour period. And a lot of those, you know, Unless it was, like, the weekend, like, our right. one day off. We had, like, a day. But sometimes we had two days off. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was lovely. Yeah. Uh, actually, we had two days off, which was actually agonizing because you're locked in your hotel room. And you wow. can't go anywhere. And so I'd hear somebody run, like, a kid run in the hallway. And I'd be like, yeah. oh, somebody's happy. And I'd, like, go out, <laughs> look, look through the people <laughs> to see who's, who's laughing. Yeah. And I would, like, want to, oh, you know, enjoy whatever that was.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, you're just like any sign of human life that's happening around me. Yeah, that's joyful. <laughs> Let me experience that. Yeah, how did you keep yourself grounded through something like that? I mean, I know it's probably such a whirlwind that thinking back to it, it's hard to remember like specific moments. But how did you keep
1: yourself calm? Well, I'm not sure that I did. To be honest with you, <laughs> I mean, I was, I was terrified the whole time, and then after, um. You know, like after each day, I yeah. would immediately start focusing on whatever the next thing was that I thought we were going to to do yeah. or uh, learning my the words to the lip sync songs. Right. I, I just knew that I was going to be having to lip sync like no matter what. Like I was like, oh, my God, girl, you're going to have to lip sync even <laughs> on time. Even when I won, yeah. I was like, you're, you better get ready because they're going to throw some curveball <laughs> twist And it's just, and it's going to be you. And so that I was constantly like in this sort of paranoid energy.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's something I guess you really can't prepare yourself for, uh, that there are twists and turns in it. So once you think you have everything figured out, they can change something on you. Um, That's so wild and like kudos to your mental health for getting through all of that because that seems unbelievable. Now, since Drag Race, you've had so many amazing opportunities. You've done so many incredible things. You've done Broadway, you're doing TV. How, How has that whirlwind post the show been for you?
1: Uh, it's been great. You know, I mean, it's certainly been a dream. Um, like yeah. you said, a whirlwind. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really thankful that I have the platform that I have and been able to be kind of a part of the different projects and um, things that I've been able to do. It's been, it's been a dream, you know, yeah. I'm, I couldn't be any more grateful. Well,
0: let's talk a little bit about Broadway because, uh, one, you got to do that, which is an amazing, amazing thing, especially because you went to a performing arts high school?
1: College. Uh College. High school and college, yeah.
0: Okay, so this was in your wheelhouse. This wasn't like, you know, they're giving a drag queen an opportunity to be on Broadway. Like, you're really, uh, like, have studied and are are ready for this. What was it like? Because not only were you on Broadway, you're originating a role on Broadway.
1: It was hell. Really? It was absolute hell. Yeah, I mean, I loved it, I loved it. I would never take it back. Yeah. Um, but like originating a role, like I, I guess to most people, oh, you're on Broadway, it's, it's, it's all the same. If you're just there, it's whether you're, no matter who you are what you do or how you got there, you're there, and that's right. all that matters. But w- there's a big difference between like doing a guest, like celebrity spot where you come out and sing a quick song mm-hmm. and you know, you don't really have to do that much rehearsal. And originating a role. <laughs> um, like, it was like, we got um, copies of the script and they'd be like, okay, this is the new song. And then you'd rehearse it and they'd take, take it out. I remember we, we, we were in previews, which meant mm-hmm. basically you're previewing it, but it's not officially open. And you're doing rehearsals all day from mm-hmm. nine to five. And then mm-hmm. you have a show that night. And then the next day, you have another rehearsal. So it's rehearsal show, rehearsal show for a month. Wow. Which is horrible. That's that, the first thing. Yeah. Um, but then I remember we were in previews. We had just finished rehearsal, and they were like, oh my gosh, we need to do this new thing. We need to record something and mm-hmm. have it play in the show. And so, and they're like, Peppermint, it's y- you have to do it. You're the one who's to do it. And so they got me in a car during my lunch break. <laughs>
0: your one moment to yourself (laughs) yeah
1: to go down run down to a um, recording studio record the things that they wanted me to record and and then come back to get ready for the show by the time I got back to the theater Uh they had listened to it and decided they don't want it in the show
0: Wow.
1: Oh, oh, wow. I mean, so your patients are tested in so (laughs) many ways. That's what the whole experience is like. Learning lines that aren't going to be in there. They're like, okay, here's the new lines. Do them tonight. And you and you walk out to the stage and they're like, oh, I know you're about to go on. Scrap those lines. Do the lines from three nights ago. Go. And you're like, you know, it was hell. It was like that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
0: And and you have to be a professional and you have to like the show most go on and you have uh-huh. to show the audience that this is like you got this and they have nothing to worry about. Uh, were there any like uh, moments on stage that either something went wrong or. Is oh, it yes.
1: All... Yeah. It's a live show. There's lots of those moments. But one of the ones I'll never forget, it's it's. I was, uh, it was my big, my, my character's big speech and everyone was on stage and it was a big emotional speech. And so obviously the music was very soft, sweet music that was like Mm -hmm. supported that. And I went to start delivering my speech and then that's what was supposed to happen. And, and, and the, the music, it's a live orchestra playing and (laughs) just playing a keyboard. Um, it's an electronic keyboard. So she, you know, when she wants it to be like violins and sounding like soft music, she can do that. And then she Mm -hmm. wants to, change it and have other stuff happening. Um, and so some I don't know what went wrong. Some button <laughs> got stuck on the keyboard or something. And I went to talk and it was like the disco trumpets from hell. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone jumped because it was loud. First yeah, of all, yeah. it was supposed to be a sweet moment. And it was like, and then I tried to deliver my thing, but the it kept, it got stuck. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I try, I was like, I'm going to deliver this soft speech. And, but then eventually I was like, I can't look, yeah, yeah. I'm an actor, but this is too much. <laughs> and so <laughs> I looked around, everybody started laughing and we waited until the thing fixed. Cause it was, it was like, what? There wow. was times when the when this when the when the wrong tree ca- a tree came coming in <laughs> during the thing and you're like here's a tree. It's just life. Wow.
0: You know? <laughs> well, I mean, and that's what makes a live theater so fun is like yeah. you really never know what's going to happen. <laughs> are there a lot of similarities uh, or are there more differences between uh, performing drag and doing Broadway?
1: I think there's a. There's a lot of similarities, and those are certainly a lot of things that I could use to my advantage when going to perform on Broadway. But I think the biggest difference Mm -hmm. was that there is a lot less freedom. I mean, in terms of preparing for the performance and then obviously doing it, a lot of this stuff, you need to be what they call on the mark, which is like, you know, you need to be in your spot at that moment in time. Because not only are the lights going to come on in that spot. And if you're not there, then you're not in the light. But then also there might be scenery moving through. It's all kind of timed out. Dancers are coming through. Sometimes a dancer will be moving backwards Mm. and that's how it's choreographed. And so you need to be like, judge the dancer. Here's the scenery. Get in your spot. Mm. There's the light. It's like that. It's like a moving machinery. It's like almost like being on a conveyor belt. And so um, that's different than most drag performances where, you know, I got my outfit and you have my song. I'll do what I want. Right, and the spotlight right, right. follows me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
0: true. You have to follow the spotlight there. Um, now... Uh- you, you've done so much stuff. You've done Post, you've done SNL, you've done all these like very wild and incredible things. And then this year happens and it, there's a quarantine in place and it's <laughs> imp- literally like screeching halt. How has that transition been for you? Because I think admire the entire drag world's ability to adapt over the last few months. It's been incredibly inspiring to see how everyone is, is doing their gigs in different ways. How has it been
1: for you? It's been the same. I mean, you know, the beginning of the quarantine, probably for a lot, I think, honestly, clearly, mm-hmm. when the pandemic first hit in the, in the beginning of the year, everyone sort of was like, we were all kind of catatonic and stunned. Yeah. Um, And obviously we needed to take our time and stay inside and follow the protocols. And so I did that. And New York, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, was particularly hit very hard. And so we were not even doing half the stuff that other people in other cities and states were doing. We were like, oh, we're stuck inside and we're stuck inside. And that's it. Um, And so that was tough. Uh, You know, a lot of all my gigs. I mean, I was planning on releasing the album, touring and doing shows earlier in the year and obviously we had to stop all of that and it wasn't safe and everything Mm -hmm. um and so that was tough the first like month or so i pretty much just sat inside and i ate way too many french bread pizzas (laughs) which i hadn't had in years and i forgot how good french bread pizza Uh. is Yeah, it is,
0: it is uh, so good. Yeah, it's it's one of those that you really have to circle back to. I mean, it, I see nothing wrong about it when I think no, about it.
1: No, <laughs> me neither. And I was circling back, honey. I would go to that grocery <laughs> store and get a box. And, and then I'm like, let me get another box. Because I know I'm going to want more of this. And I couldn't eat just one. Like, I'd eat a pizza, French bread pizza, yeah. which is a half. And then I'd be like, you know, well, that other one is just alone in the freezer. I might as well... Heat it up and eat that one too. And yeah. so I did. And so that was me. And then I was like sitting around, you know, like watching Netflix, all of Netflix, Tiger King. Mm, and I know. you know. Mm. And then I was like, oh my God. If the if the best thing that happens during this whole pandemic is Tiger King, <laughs> then I'm gonna explode. Yeah. But luckily, you know, I mean, not luckily, but then we had the opportunity, as you know, to ha- get into some deeper conversations mm-hmm. about stuff that was happening, a lot of the problems and issues that were going on in 2020, things that we really couldn't avoid anymore. Yeah. Um, and I, was, I felt grateful that my life was sort of, my business life was sort of on pause mm-hmm. to be able to do, um, to take place in a lot of those conversations. And we even had, you mentioned Evie Oddly, we even had Evie Oddly on an event that I did called Black Queer Town Hall. And mm-hmm. she was a guest. Um, oh, very that. cool. Well,
0: you've uh-huh. always been an advocate and you've always used your platform to speak about things that are incredibly important. And I think um, things that people hadn't been comfortable or giving more space and, and a platform to talk about. And so I think it's and now you're doing a lot in terms of like uh, really encouraging people to vote. How have these conversations like it is kind of cool to reflect and go, oh, my life slowed down so I could have these conversations in a like very meaningful way. Is that kind of on the forefront? Because when you look at your social media, when you look at um, the way you've kind of positioned yourself right now, you're, you're really speaking really important messaging right now. And I think that's incredibly cool. Have you made that kind of uh, a stronger mission? I know it's always been part of your world, but like you said, does that come to the forefront for you now?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it has. Um, mm-hmm. And mostly, I guess, because, you know, you can't really have a conversation alone, right. you know, like you, it, other people needs to pr- have to participate in it. And so there's been a lot more of that. Like I, in the past, I remember hearing like from like folks like Bianca Del Rio used to always get on me because I was such a, a she would call me like way too nice and <laughs> always so serious talking about these things that like were important uh, plat issues, you know, mm-hmm. like um AIDS and HIV or marriage equality and things like that were really important to me. Not that Bianca doesn't care about those things. Yep. But I would always bring it into my stage performance mm-hmm. um, in terms of like talking about it or trying to engage people in the audience. And um, lots of queens used to like be like, oh, this one with her sp- speeches again. Mm-hmm. But now I think ev- many people are able to make space in their their person, their platform, their public-facing platform, their social media, whatever, to at least highlight some of these issues, whether they engage wholeheartedly or not. And yeah. so um, I'm so I'm grateful that m- there's more people interested in having uh, these conversations and, and focusing on these issues.
0: For you, what's the, what's the most important thing for you talking about now? Is it, is it voting?
1: Well... I mean, this week, for sure, the issue yeah. is voting. Um, and But it really is, it, look, it's, aside from that, it's not to, like, you know, back up on anything, but it really mm-hmm. is kind of all-encompassing. I think the, the two biggest issues, two, the three biggest issues that really do plague us when it comes to discrimination and problems with the world and the United States mm-hmm. are r- racism, misogyny, And ableism, which is, you know, um, discrimination against basically discrimination against disabled people. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of those three things is always at play. And I think that they're related um, in some way, shape or form. They, they, you know, they trickle down into everything that we do. Um, And so we have these systems that are in place, this way of life, these traditions uh, in our country and in the world. Uh, whether it's employment or voting or things that are social or things that are in our family traditions, whatever they are, all of those three things are present at any given time and and they they are a problem, which is why mm-hmm. we keep seeing police brutality, why we keep seeing uh, injustices happening uh, towards women and why there's still a pay gap, why there's still all the uh, you know misogyny and, and homophobia and all this discrimination and yeah. so I'm always focused on how we can address those things in everything that we do. So in voting, how we can not only pay attention to tell people to vote, but we really need to fix the system. The gerrymandering, the the voter ID and voter suppression, things like that that are messing up the election and every election in the past, present and future. Um, And so, yeah, voting is very important. I want people to do it. But it's not just voting for the president, even if you're not excited about voting for the president. Voting for the people in your city and state and local who are in charge of your bridges and your roads and how much money you make at your job Mm -hmm. and what happens with your rent and all those things. That's really important. Um, Also, flipping the Senate, because we know what just happened with the the Supreme Court, Mm -hmm. flipping the Senate, if you are interested in um, protecting minority groups and marginalized people, then (laughs) flipping the Senate in our favor Yes. um is is a is what what I'm focused on doing, um and so all of that is connected to voting, right, but it's not just mm-hmm. vote whether to vote for Trump or Biden. it's more than that um I think that's, that's great what's what's important to me yeah
0: yeah, <laughs> and I think because myself included, I think a lot of people can be very overwhelmed and sort of like flooded by how many issues seem to be in flux and not know exactly where to focus their attention to be able to be helpful. I think, like you said, being able to, to say it's not just voting for a president, it's voting down the ballot and making sure you're focused on getting your information for your ballot and the people that align with your points of view that help the larger goal. Um, Cause that's what I was gonna ask. I feel like a lot of people from what I've noticed online obviously wanna help, but then they get overwhelmed with how do I even begin to help? And so do you uh-huh. have any advice like where to start or what to kind of like centralize
1: your focus on? I'm going to be sharing some um, initiatives to my platform, but I think essentially it's, it, it is a lot. It is daunting, but I think it's important. Like just in terms of the frame of mind, put yourself in the frame of mind that we know that more than one thing is happening at once. Mm -hmm. So let's think personally and globally at the same time, like in the the macro and the micro at the same time, Mm -hmm. it's just two different. It doesn't need to be binary, but two different things. So when you talk about voting, what is that going to do for my community, the people around me in my city and state? That's the first that you should look at. And then mm-hmm. the second thing you should look at is nationally. How do a lot of these issues that are national issues, uh, how do they connect to the candidates and what are the research that we're going to do? Many of those things do come back to local. Like, mm-hmm. you know, gun control is a national issue. But if you're in your city and state, what's happening with the gun control laws? Are, you know, are, do you agree with them? Are there candidates that that you, you know, um, want to support. And mm-hmm. so those things are really important. Paying attention to your city, at, at like um, Senate and your uh, um, uh, House of Representatives, like the city government is yeah. like so important. You're voting for the judges. You're voting for the police officers and the, the police captains mm-hmm. um, and the, the commissioner, like all of these people who, and who make the decisions that affect your life, you are voting for right now. And so, um, and so I know it is daunting for people that sh- surely should go to either vote.org or vote.gov to get more information about the voting process. Mm-hmm. And then once you squared away with the voting process, registered, figure out where your polling place is, find out if anything has changed because of COVID, um, make sure that your ID is the one that you need, then you can look more into the candidates and do your research about them. Just take a very methodical pace to it but you have to start now you can't wait until november 3rd when Mm -hmm. you wake up to like try to do it that's when it becomes daunting yeah um and so i like to tell people that voting ends november 3rd Mm -hmm. the election is right now
0: yeah that's a great way to that's a really really helpful way to see it and i think takes a lot of the uh Overwhelm out of it for for people if they think about it that way. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break. When we get back, uh, I have to talk about the new music. I'm so excited for you. Uh, So we'll be right back with more Not Not Too Deep. Hi, friends. Grace Helbig here from the podcast Not Too Deep, which you are currently listening to, hosted by me, Grace Helbig. Just wanted to say a couple of things. One, thank you so much for listening. And two, if you are enjoying yourself to such a degree that you'd love to leave us a um, review on the Apple Store, that would be so appreciated because again you are very appreciated for giving us your time your ears your attention whatever it may be uh and that was my couple of things now back to me me okay peppermint Uh, A Girl Like Me, Letters to My Lovers. This is your upcoming music. Now, it had, like you said, it had to be put on hold a little bit longer than you wanted it to be. But what Mm -hmm. can you tell us about this? Because it's been, what, eight or nine years since your last release of music, of original
1: music? That was my first um, album. It's been eight or nine years. I actually did release an EP uh, while I was on Drag Race in 2017. Okay. To very little fanfare. And so... (laughs) The whole album went was it platinum gold? No, aluminum. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that's that. But, okay. um, but this is the certainly the first of its kind and probably mm-hmm. forever for me, uh, because the other albums previously were mostly. Although I've always had a song or two that was more sentimental and things like that. The, mm-hmm. the albums overall were mostly drag albums, right? Sure. Like really focused on the, the drag aspect of my life and kind of that fun aspect, which is great. But I really wanted the opportunity to do something that fun. last year and spilling into this year mm-hmm. um, were just such a life-changing year for me, mm-hmm. life-changing moments for me. I was in a relationship. I, like you said, I'd been on Broadway. I'd just come off of Drag Race. Was a lot of big moments in my life that were happening for me personally mm-hmm. um and i think just that the world was changing in a way that i could just start to feel and so mm. i wrote all that stuff down in my diary and i had one hell of a year yeah. and then i said let me put all of this stuff to music and so my entire diary basically um on a year's worth of entries we put to music wow. and we had a beginning a middle and an end and so the beginning is this first ep A girl like me, letters to my lovers, and then the other ones will come out next year. Um, Wow! And so I was in a relationship. I was having a, I was enjoying a lot of being single, dating, (laughs) Uh having sex, Uh and then I met someone. Okay. um, And we, you know, we dated and we flirted and we did that whole thing. And and so this first album is really that part of the process, like beginning Mm. to see each other, going on dates, and all that stuff. Um. And, and yeah, so it's a very personal album that I wow. hope people are going to like.
0: Have you always kept a diary or did you just start uh, in, la- in the last year because of how you were
1: feeling? I did, exactly. I I'd, I had not always kept a diary. Okay, honey, I don't take, I don't keep, di- you generally don't <laughs> keep a diary. I don't keep, ki- I don't write anything down. I don't keep, yeah. take a picture. I don't know where that receipt is. None yeah, of yeah. it. But then I was like, you know, I'm going to, Let me, I had such, I had so much I needed to process and it Mm -hmm. wasn't, it was time heals wounds, but it it was more than that because we had become, at least for me, so inter, interwoven me and my ex partner Mm -hmm. had become so interwoven and there was lots of things, moments, um, movies, you know, the the normal thing, movies I didn't want to watch because we had watched them places we had gone before dates and moments in time, like that, that, an- that anniversary moment. And yeah. there's lots of anniversaries. To me, I'm like making up anniversaries, like not <laughs> anniversaries of us being <laughs> together, but the anniversary of the last time I was at that restaurant yeah. was with him. Oh. And so all of those things are agonizing. Yeah. Um, and so I needed to write it down. And I knew that I wanted to sort through some of these feelings and just look at them. And then it, it just turns out that, uh, of course, it makes sense for, to put them to music. You know.
0: Yeah. Did you have any reservations about putting something so personal out there?
1: Absolutely. I've never yeah. really done it in a way. I'm, I'm a really personal person, mm-hmm. um, private person. And yeah. I um, generally don't like to be that vulnerable, but it was obviously what I needed for myself. It was mm-hmm. cathartic. And to tell you the truth, it was honestly the first time considering how terrible I felt after the breakup, which, you know, spoiler alert, we eventually break up, even though the first (laughs) album is not about that. Um, (laughs) uh, I was surprised that I was able to turn all of that feelings, all of that pain, all of that agony, all of that, like, afraid to, like, look on my social media because I might see something. Yeah. All of that turned into something so... Beautiful that I am so proud of. Uh, I can't even believe it's the same product. Wow. But it is. And well, I feel good about that.
0: There must be some kind of release. And you know, oh, you're no. you're an extremely confident person and you you really put on this very courageous kind of persona that inspires a lot of people that to be able to be vulnerable must feel kind of nice to so like let that side of you out a little bit.
1: It is nice when people, when, you know, especially given that people, I'm able to hear people's responses to some of it. Mm-hmm. I had the chance to do a couple of previews of some of the music and oh, cool. And people seem to respond really well to it. And of course, we're our own worst critic, right? Sure. So I'm really, I'm really tough on myself. <laughs> um, and, you know, my inner demon is like, you're horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and so it is nice to be able to have um, people respond in a, in a way uh, mm-hmm. and receive it well. Yeah.
0: Did you do you have like a, a group of people or maybe one person that you send like previews to that you really value the feedback on? A f- not not not.
1: In that way, it would be great if I was like, okay, here, like that. uh, People that I have that relationship with, of course, just people that I love and trust and who uh, whose opinions I appreciate. But I was really secretive about the whole process until Mm. it was finished. Hmm. (laughs) Wow! Until it was ready, I'm like, okay, I'm premiering it tonight. Yeah. No one's heard it, but (laughs) hopefully you'll (laughs)
0: like it. (laughs) <laughs> wow, that's a, I mean that's very very cool. Uh, what has been, if there has been, a, the most surprising feedback to it?
1: You know, um, the most surprising feedback to it is how uh, it hasn't been. The, I can't say totally surprising, mm-hmm. um, but how much people identify with it. I mean, I knew mm-hmm. that they would. When you write about love and emotions, it's the universal subject, right? That's probably sure. the most popular subject for music. Yeah. But um, hearing people talk about their experiences and how they've um, been able to k- resonate with the, with the music and the lyrics has been great. Especially people who don't even identify as queer or trans. Mm. Just hearing them say, oh, I've been exactly through that. Like the song, the uh, first single that we released, Best Sex." Yeah, um, is all about those fuckboys. And, mm. you know, being... Um, Addicted to them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, very relatable. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but that's fantastic. Did you have to get any sort of permission to release anything so personal about an ex, or did you just kind of do your own thing?
1: I told him just out of um, by out of just sheer courtesy that I was going to be writing some material that was our experiences. But I don't use, like, his name and, like, address sure. or number. Maybe I should and tell him, to go get him! <laughs> go get him! I didn't, though, because yeah. I'm a lady. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, I didn't, I don't think I was, um, I'm that deep in. But uh-huh. um, we did have to get music permission because I have a cover on the album. So we had to get permission for that.
0: <laughs> there, I mean,
1: that's the right kind of
0: permission to get. Yeah. Um, th- what's the, so what's the plan? You've had to kind of reschedule the release of it, which must be uh, frustrating and uh, crazy. But so what's what's the plan now?
1: Well, the plan was to go out on tour in the spring and summer, and, mm-hmm. and I would have been on the road by now um, yeah. and obviously released the album. But so now the plan is we released our first single, uh, mm-hmm. Best Sex, uh, at the end of September. The, uh, the album comes out on October 16th. And so that's oh. the plan. In addition to that, we have all types of juicy stuff. We have oh. the uh, music video for Best Sex comes out on October 9th. And then um, we have a... We were going to... It was kind of an accident. We were going to shoot a video, a music uh-huh. video, and we ended up shooting a short film Whoa, cool. Don't ask me how that happens. <laughs> uh, and that comes out, um, at the end of around Halloween.
0: Oh, that's so exciting. And, um, and like you said, this is a trilogy, right? Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. So this pr- it's, it's a trilogy. So part one is now and okay. then part two and three are later in our next year.
0: <gasps> that's like, so I wanted to take about a
1: year cause it took a year to put together. I'm yeah. going to release it over the course of a year.
0: Oh, that's so wonderful. So people can uh, know that they have at least a full year of content from you coming out. That's so exciting. (laughs) Um, And now you're also doing pep talks. Uh, Yeah.
1: So this is brand new.
0: It's brand new. And you're doing this on Twitch. Now, what is this for people that
1: don't know? So, uh, Twitch is an online, um, it's like YouTube, but it's like kind of Right. It's like a streaming platform. Uh, It's like a streaming platform. Yeah. And so I have this new show on Twitch called Pep Talks. It's a rehashing of my, um, I had a show on Mm -hmm. YouTube called Pep Talks where I would go around with all the, um, all of my celebrity friends Mm -hmm. and I would meet up with them or interview them remotely if we had to, um, and just talk and kiki and have a good old time. And so it's that plus... Uh, I've been really, one of the things I've been doing, which I think a lot of people have been doing, is watching a lot of movies Mm. during this pandemic and quarantine. Mm -hmm. And so I'm watching movies with my friends. Um, Oh, cool. We're we're starting with Black movie classics, some of the important Black movies that I think a lot of people haven't seen. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, I think we're in that mind frame now where people are like, okay, I'm going to engage in some, like, Black content and see what's going on. Uh And so I'm inviting a lot of these uh, folks to do it. Of course, many of them are Drag Race Queen. So our first guest is Alaska, where we're gonna watch uh, a raisin and well, um actually our first our first guest was Alaska last <laughs> week. Um and our and our next guest, I think, is um is Bob the drag queen. Uh, or Shea kool See the Bob or Shea. I don't remember who this week's, but it's every Tuesday at yeah. 7 p.m. Eastern. Um and people just need to go to my Twitch and follow me, which is all the same as my social media, Peppermint 247, and tune in. And watch the show. That's
0: so <laughs> you're giving people something to listen to and something to watch. I mean, you're just providing like crazy for Help everyone right God. now. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, we're going to take one last break. When we get back, I have some questions from Instagram for you. So we'll awesome. be right back with more Not Too Deep.
1: Not, 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 not Too Deep. What's crazy?
0: Okay, Peppermint, before we get into these Instagram questions, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every single guest that is on the podcast. And the first is, who, alive or dead, would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at?
1: Is that like (laughs) sexual? I don't know. (laughs) Um.
0: (laughs) Uh, It's it's actually very literal, but I can see how
1: it could be misinterpreted. respecting everyone's relationships <laughs> Yes. if i could throw uh, some cold spaghetti at um and maybe even eat it would be uh jason momoa i just Ooh. can't i, I yeah. can't <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, that's a good one. I don't know that I've gotten that answer before, but that's fantastic. Um, okay. The other question I ask every single guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or oh. like a, a close call bathroom situation, but you can okay. only use, you can only use three words or three small phrases. So mine is a uh, college jogging front lawn.
1: Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. morning okay sleepover okay ex-boyfriend
0: <laughs> Great. And, uh, I feel like if people get the album they will get more context (laughs) to that potential situation wonderful um okay let's jump into a few questions that came from instagram uh mandy wants to know what is your favorite way
1: to do your makeup if you have one quickly quickly (laughs) (laughs) um favorite way to do my makeup yeah Uh, yeah. you know uh i guess that really is probably affected by the products that Mm -hmm. we use and by the way my um mandy you should tune in, to definitely should tune in to Pep Talks uh, because we'll also be reviewing my favorite makeup and skincare products. Oh, so you know. wow. So um, there's truly
0: s- something for everyone in this program. I, <laughs> I would like to
1: think so, yeah. Grace. Um, but my favorite, I guess it, the way I do my makeup like, really comes down to what pro- some of the products. Mm-hmm. And so my hero product right now, which is going to be a tough one to break, but I'm, mm. I'm up for the challenge because okay. I'm going to be sampling some new products during this show, mm-hmm. um, are, uh, is the Derma Blend uh, Flawless Creator Foundation, which is, it's, it's, they're billing it as a pigment, a liquid pigment, um, okay. that's obviously skin-toned. And so that's where I'm wearing right now. It's, um, and it's just these drops. It's a liquid foundation, essentially. But it's Got like it. the strongest liquid foundation you have ever.
0: Really? I'm writing it down. I
1: love it. (laughs) Flawless creator. Trust me. One drop will do two drops. Two drops. Let's be real. Two drops. Okay. Okay. When I say drops, I mean teardrop, like liquid drop. Itty bitty. Yeah. Okay. I don't mean two scoops. Two drops will do your whole face. Wow. Okay. I'm trying this. Trust me, darling. (laughs) I'm like, what is this devil's work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I have
0: to see this for myself now. Um, okay, Sori wants to know, which queen would survive the apocalypse?
1: Oh. Um, definitely Evie Adley, mm. Definitely uh, Bianca Del Rio, because we mm. can't get rid of her. <laughs> um, definitely, I would say Laganja, because she would be in a cave okay. smoking somewhere. <laughs> And so those are my three picks. Love it. Uh, Exhausted in every way. Oh, and Trinity, because she's not even human. She's plastic. That's true. (laughs) And plastic is around forever. Very true. Uh,
0: Exhausted in every way wants to know, how do I find the confidence?
1: to just the confidence, just the confidence, um, exhausted in every way. I would say <laughs> that, um, for me, the confidence comes from gratitude. I, I hope that doesn't mm. sound too trite, but no. it really is like looking at it, The confidence, look, the, the lack of confidence is usually for me connected to what I think or about other people or what I think other people think about me, mm-hmm. my connection to other people and the, the surroundings. So in the moments where I'm having a lack of confidence, I'm usually I what I try to do is just come closer to myself and look at what I have, what I contribute, my intentions, Mm. what I want for the world and other people and for myself and what I'm grateful for that I already have. That Mm. really does center me all the time.
0: Yeah. And I think it's one of those things that might seem so simple. So people overlook it from time to times mm. but being able to take that actual moment and like you said go in with yourself a little bit i think that's super important um P- P- pie friend wants to know <laughs> is there anything you haven't done yet with your drag that you would really love to do in the future i mean you're doing so much <laughs> i'm like what <laughs> haven't mean, you done <laughs> <laughs>
1: um i would love to be able to do be comfortable with doing b- being like being a drag king, doing mm. male drag. I think uh-huh. I'd love to try that one yeah. day down the road. Cool. Uh
0: pipe down, wants to know what do you think is the weirdest drag queen lingo?
1: None of it. I love all of. <laughs> it all sounds very natural to me. <laughs> <laughs> is there
0: is there a phrase or anything that you find yourself using more than normal lately?
1: Um, you know, I'll tell you the the one that I was like I missed the boat on. Uh-huh. And I don't even think I I don't even use it. I might have used it once. uh uh-huh. Is the word shook. Uh-huh. I I I was not around when they invented that. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> for me shook literally meant m- is the pat- was the past tense of shaking something <laughs> yeah. and and so when i and so the first time i heard it was on drag race not even from any of the queens from yeah. some of the producers and they were asking they like i had to, they were like using this word and i was like and they were what? like well where you shook and they wanted me to say it and i was like i don't even know what it means yeah.
0: Yeah. And then you're like, am I being pranked into using this word? Yeah, like, what is this word?
1: (laughs) What does Uh, it mean? Yeah.
0: I don't think you missed out on uh, using that word, Shook. Yeah. Okay. Good. (laughs) Um, Carly wants to know what is the best thing that you learned about yourself while on Drag Race?
1: I think the best thing that I learned about myself is that, which I, it's a lesson that I keep learning over and over again, is that. I'm perfectly acceptable, like warts and all. Mm-hmm. Not that I have warts, but you know what I mean. It's <laughs> an, the expression. Yeah, um, all of that is acceptable. The 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 it's the gritty stuff that like is unpolished is what people want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah. yeah.
0: Also, you uh, I mean, just in hearing about the experience, you truly prove how resilient you are. Like the amount that you guys have gone through is incredible. And to do it smiling and optimistically and like with such light is is really wonderful to see. Um, We have we got a ton of questions asking all stars question mark. (laughs)
1: Um, I would, yes, 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 question mark. It's yeah. my answer to that. Yes? Okay.
0: Question mark? <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, I hope that that happens in whatever capacity it could in the future. Um, we've reached the end of the podcast, Ms. Peppermint. Aww. But before you go, um, usually when we do these in person, we have a personalized fortune cookie as a gift to our guests for making time for us. But because we're doing it virtually, we have a virtual
1: fortune cookie that I believe Melissa might have emailed to you. Here it is. Oh, Peppermint is great for digestion, decreasing bloating, and now music. We are still waiting for WebMD to update this list of benefits, however. (laughs) Uh, I love it. And um, I agree.
0: Yay. Now, Peppermint, where can people find the, where you are, what you're doing, listen mm-hmm. to the music, etc.?
1: Well, they can find me just searching for Peppermint on all streaming platforms for the music. That's uh, Apple, that's iTunes, that's uh, uh, YouTube music, Spotify, all that stuff. Uh, you can find me in my Peppermint247 on all social platforms and on Twitch every Tuesday at 7 p.m. for Pep Talks.
0: Oh, that's so exciting because it's live every Tuesday, right?
1: Uh, It's uh, it's live, darling. So whatever happens, happens. Hopefully that keyboard player (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> doesn't get me
0: I love it well guys go <laughs> check out everything that she's up to and please listen to the music um, and remember that it's only the first of, of a few more albums and hopefully more and Peppermint thank you again for making time
1: thank you we'll
0: see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep
1: goodbye Too Deep Too Deep Too Deep Not, Not Too Deep, deep. This Grace Helbig
0: not too deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated, producer Melissa D. Montz, edited by Shireen Lani Yunis, post-production sound by Chris Henry, and an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music.